Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are rolling on with season four of Breaking Bad, we're into season four, episode three, Open House, which still annoys me. It should be Open Home, but anyway, um, this is um, an, an interesting follow-up episode. Um, I think probably a bit of a, an underrated episode, this one, but it'd be interesting to kind of talk it through and, and see where we land with it. Um, this first came out on July the 31st, 2011, uh, directed by David Slade and written by Sam Catlin. Um, and looking forward to talking all about this one. My name's Nick, and um, I said Cheetos, not Fritos. And my name is Tori Costner, and I will get peas. I will get ice. Pe- <laughs> peas and ice. I- I'm writing it down. A very, uh, very food uh, opening, <laughs> yeah. opening quotes one there. So, so yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think of this episode because, um, yeah, I think as I said at the end of our, our last episode, I think this this one's a little bit of a kind of forgotten episode. Um, and yeah, I, I, I sometimes, I sometimes wonder if this one, you know, is, is maybe a little bit underrated. But I guess we'll kind. Of, that doesn't mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. By the way, it just, I just think it maybe doesn't get quite the love it maybe deserves. I think, yeah, I mean, looking at the Ringers' ratings of this and next week, like, both I'm like, wow, they're so low, um, which surprises me because, I mean, this episode is, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. There's nothing really bad, I think, in this episode. It just, I guess, it depends how you view this. We've sort of complained a little bit about some episodes are a bit slow, kind of, you know, a bit kind of bland. Last week was a bit that way, but... I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by this week. I, I, I actually really like the Marie stuff. Uh, mm. I, I know we kind of complained about that earlier on, but I like it. Um, I, I really love the Walter and Skylar stuff in this episode. Mm. Um, and the Jesse stuff. Like, I love the Jesse stuff in this episode. Um, I, I kind of know you've sort of alluded to it being a bit um, repetitive in some levels, I think. But, like, I don't know. There's just something about it that I just I really appreciate. Like, Aaron Paul... Just some of the stuff he does in this episode. He doesn't speak much, but, like, what he does is, is great. So, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I can see why some people maybe don't like these episodes, but there's just something unique about, I guess, a slow episode that I kind of can watch it and be entertained by, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, I I think probably you and I have both kind of come around on Marie and I think she's one of the characters we're enjoying the most here because I think we're, she's somebody we've probably seen the most growth out of, of of anybody at this point in the show and that won't always be the same. But I think, you know, she she's become a character who you actually kind of want to follow what's going on in her storyline, which is which is probably not something we would have said earlier on. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about, about Marie, especially in this episode. But, yeah, the Jesse stuff's great too. So I think there's lots 
lots of stuff that's that's worth talking about in this episode and um it, it kind of opens up with with walt though and he's he's in the lab and we kind of see him kind of come into the lab and you know he's making coffee and i i just made a note that i thought the, the music was quite creepy on this scene you know it's kind of like this music's great kind of, in this episode overall. yeah sorry to yeah. interrupt it's really yeah. good music episode yeah yeah and um we kind of see him and and you know kind of you know he's 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 kind of seeing that the cameras have been installed, you know, and he's looking up at the cameras and, um, and then just kind of has this like real like guttural reaction to seeing the cameras. Cause you know, he's kind of watching the camera, watching the camera, watch him basically and watching it kind of track backwards and forwards. And, you know, he just kind of angrily just goes up and, and kind of, you know, gives it the finger, which is, which is really great. And I love a little bit of um, trivia on this that, you know, they actually, the, the bit of film that they've got for, you know, Walt, you know, actually giving the finger is from that camera, which, you know, like, so it's not like they've just kind of put writing over the top. It is actually from the camera, which is which is quite cool, I think. So it kind of just sets up the anger and Walt in, in this episode. Yeah, and I was wanting him to, like, you know, do a, you got your camera, here's your camera right here, or something like that <laughs> when he's kind of doing it. But um, you know what this kind of actually reminded me a little bit of, and obviously I was very negative on Fly, but it's kind of, it just reminds me a bit of some of the stuff with Fly, but there's just something about this which, you know, because, I mean, you see the fly literally and fly straight away, right? Whereas, like, kind of this is almost like you kind of see him looking around and then you, it's a bit of a reveal until you see the camera. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it I, I, I like and I kind of like the fact that it's obviously going to be a key point in this episode. He's Shiner, uh, so kind of the, the makeup's looking good there from, from Mike from last week and everything. But um, I don't know. Again, I just I just kind of I like this. Like I feel like I'm contradicting myself or I'm a hypocrite by bagging out Fly for being a certain way, but I then like this type of scene in this episode. But um, I don't know, something a little bit different. Maybe, maybe if I'd never seen Fly and I didn't know what Fly was about and I just automatically go, oh, Fly. Um, or the whole episode wasn't this scene. Then that's maybe where the difference is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I, I, look, I think it's one of those things that we often, um, we kind of take some of the sets and stuff for granted. And you're like, the, the Super Lab set is so great. And I'm glad that they really kind of put it to use. You know, like you see so much in it. That they, they do so much of the filming inside the set. And it, you know, it was really, really cool. And, it, and it's so central to this particular season as well, I think. You know, the, it does tend to be like a real focal point for so much of what happens. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really love it. I think it's a, it's a great little opening. I agree, Nick. I so agree. we we, we kind of move on, and, and we've got Skylar, and she's come around to to Walt's apartment, um, and um, you know, like he doesn't really want to open the door, and and you know he's reluctant to do so, and and you know that's because you know we kind of see that he's got, which we saw in the opening scene, of course, was this kind of um, I won't say black eye; it's more like a just a bruised eye really Shiner. it's not like yeah it's not like the uh the old jesse pinkman so smashed in that it's closed <laughs> um which i think is an awesome bit of makeup that they've used a couple of times um and we're kind of just starting to get this you know the the, the kind of start of the storyline about about um skylar being upset and worried about about his safety um and you know like because obviously now she's become immersed in this and and you and, and they're going to go into business and, and all this kind of stuff. And so she's really worried about it. And, and I love how Walt kind of explains it as being kind of this, um, you know, had a minor disagreement with a workmate <laughs> or something or a business partner or something like this. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was really good. And he kind of says, yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing more to be done. Like there, like this is not an ongoing issue. It was a one-off. We've kind of got it sorted. Um, and yeah. And I think she kind of makes some, you know, kind of make this promise that, you know, like if he's ever in danger that, you know, 
that she'll keep him informed type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think it's just this is just a, a nice piece piece of setup. I think because these two are now, you know, like in, in this part of the show, they're very much kind of like they're not really husband and wife. They're kind of business partners at this point. And so she's kind of saying, look, if this is going to work, you have to keep me informed. So I think it's just nice setup, really. What I I like about this is that. It all, and, and probably the majority of this episode, and maybe it's why I like it so much, it's all of this just feels natural in the fact that you've kind of got Skylar just banging on the door and then she kind of comes in and almost, you want to say, that sort of nagging side that I feel a lot of people bag her out for. But then just the way this conversation kind of flows, it gets diffused pretty quickly and then sort of, you know, by the end of it, you've got peas and ice and talking about this sort of stuff and Skylar obviously quite concerned. So... I just it just feels like a very natural side of conversation because they could have easily just played this like Skylar's angry at Walt again, yells at him and leaves. But it just I don't know, just the way it kind of feels natural. And I just I love the way kind of like Walt's just you know bang 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 on the door, bang bang on the door, and he's just ignoring her, and then eventually kind of shows up to it. So yeah, yeah she kind of it's, rings him like yeah, she kind of rings him. It's like I know you're in there because I can hear your phone type of thing. Like he, it's just a bit amateur hour by him as well about you know like he doesn't want to answer the phone, but he hasn't. It doesn't want to answer the door, but he hasn't made of you know, hasn't covered his tracks particularly well so yeah i think it's it's a good little setup scene and i think yeah over the next few episodes this kind of um you know this arc about you need to keep me informed if you're in danger because it you know it affects me and it affects the family is is going to be quite a big part of this and um you know like i i haven't watched the sopranos so i i can't make too many comparisons but i think if you were going to try and say that you know skylar was some kind of mob wife i think this is where you see that she's more than that right like she is actually more invested and and you know and and you're going to see that over the next few episodes she's a smart cookie um so she isn't just like a passive kind of act you know actor not not in the in the sense of you know um and a gun but she's not a she's not a passive participant in what's going on here she is actually active and and you know involved in what's happening at this point and that's what i think we said last week um i mean just i just kind of love what happens with skylar moving forward like i love investigative skylar and just kind of getting involved and i'm I'm completely on board with it and again i just i don't i i i don't know if the fans still hated on skylar from this point on because i think skylar just the character just gets so great kind of moving forward but yeah. one, one thing I, I love about this scene too when you mentioned about the you know i got into a minor disagreement with someone i love it when he's like and he was a much older gentleman than me like yeah. he's got, he's got, surely mike's not that much older than walt like I'm, I'm guessing maybe within the vicinity of five to ten years but um yeah. I, I don't know i love the way he kind of like points it out that way yeah no, it's good. It's really good. Um, so uh, kind of our next scene is with Marie and, and we, this is going to be one of, of a couple that we're going to get on this, which is, um, you know, her going to an open house, which is, you know, one of two ways that you can interpret the the title of this episode. Um, and, um, and you know, like she's putting on this act and, you know, about why she's there. And basically we, we, what we kind of gather fairly quickly is that this is one of the things that Marie is doing to, um, to kind of deal with the, the issues that are happening to her at home, you know, that she's kind of um, putting on this fake kind of persona and going to these open houses um, and pretending to be somebody that's interested in these houses you know, as, a, as a bit of an outlet. And we kind of see her interact with this real estate agent who I love. He's kind of like a Colonel Sanders type of guy um, <laughs> with this kind of bowler tie. Um, and, 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 you know, so um, what's her kind of story here? She's kind of, um, I, I, I get them a bit, a bit confused, um, but I think she's like pretending to be like a, what, a divorced woman with like a, like a, she's going to house. Recently. Yeah, and a kid, and she is yeah. this the one where she's a potter, and she wants to have the studio outside. If there's plumbing out to the little gazebo 
thingamabob, I think. This isn't the yeah. Peace Corps one. I think the Peace no, Corps No, no, no. I think she, like, she wants to homeschool the kid or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. And anyway, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of this good setup. And and then we, you know, we kind of obviously kind of go into this whole thing of, um, you know, like we're going to find out a little bit later because we kind of zoom in on this little figurine, um, you know, which is which is obviously something that she's going to swipe. And, you know, and so what we kind of get in here is that this, you know, we're getting back into this whole thing of her being a bit of a kleptomaniac and stealing things, which, um, and, you know, I think it's really cool that we kind of like the show has this kind of whole kind of subplots around addiction and it's often around kind of drug use, right? Like that's, that's the main thing we're talking about when we talk about addictions on the show. But I think it's, it's a really good touch that you kind of see that addictions aren't always illegal necessarily. I mean, I suppose this is illegal in terms of she's stealing something, but it's, you know, it's a misdemeanor as opposed to some high, you know, terrible crime that she's involved in. And I think it's just an interesting way of kind of showing that there's lots of different elements to this. So yeah, I, I really enjoy this. And um, then it kind of like, it, it goes into the next scene as kind of hank at home watching his softcore porn um <laughs> and, you know like quickly kind of turns it off as uh as marie kind of and he's got his little you know we talked last week about this kind of claw um you know that he's able to like he has to grab it to get the remote to kind of turn off the the, the porn that he's watching and, and in comes marie and you know she's bought the wrong thing the fritos or cheetos or whatever the wrong one is that she's that she's bought for him. um i did i do love that she's even got purple shopping bags like everything is purple eh? like it's it's just so funny like every time we're in marie's house and there's another purple accessory i'm like how is it possible that one person has so much purple it really is quite amazing um but yeah and, and you know she's bought him the what is it like some fantasy football magazine fantasy football bible nick yeah yeah and uh and basically like like hank's just been a dick and i think it's just like it, it, it you know like we all know that hank's going through something at this point but it is kind of just inexcusable the way he's kind of treating her and and you know so it, it's kind of ex- trying to explain why she's behaving the way she does so I, I really enjoy this and i think it's quite layered and and, and interesting um and yeah i i just I, I find it really hard to get on hank's side at this point he just is just been just a bit of a prick really I uh, just realised I'm wearing purple today, so I'm on board the uh, <laughs> Marie Marie train. Um, yeah, I like I love it. I love all this stuff. Like it's just fun, and God, it's come a long way, hasn't it, from season one and just like, oh, what is the point of this? To now actually really enjoying it because, like, I think the thing too that Betsy Brandt does so well in this is like she's acting and acting. She's acting to act. Like she, it's almost like she it's believable that she's literally making this up on the spot. Like when these guys are asking like children, she's kind of like. Yes, Tommy, four. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's just kind of like she's literally making it up on the spot. Uh, and it just, it just, she just does it so well. And yeah, I'm with you. Like, the, the H- Hanky's being a massive jerk and kind of her way of acting out here is is kind of, is, it's interesting. So um, I, I love it. Like, I, I really do kind of just love the way it sort of works. And you, you kind of, I've said a lot of the time on this show that just watching this and being part of this world and kind of getting to know these characters and, I mean, this is what we're doing. Like, this is domestic life of just a couple who have gone through something. Shit, like on paper, it's you know, oh, guys gotten shot, kind of disabled a little bit, so wife's looking after. But like, there's challenges around that. You know, there's there's things that you've kind of got to you know deal with that on the other side of it. So, and kind of just seeing how Marie does it, it's yeah, I, I really do like it. Um, <laughs> I just love the thing I love about Hank watching porn is like you've just got <laughs> just the way you see this scene and just the way they kind of cut back to. 
Tony's face. Like, Dean Norris has just kind of got this look at him. It's not like he's there going, like, oh, yeah. Like, he's just literally just, like, bored. He's like, uh, yeah, well, probably should keep watching this. It's about to get good. Like, he's just, like, it's, it's just so funny. And then when all of a sudden, like, Marie comes home, he's just trying to quickly, like, flick it off. It's like, come on, Hank. Like, watch some good porn. Like, that's, you know. He's just into plot development. Like, yeah. That's, that's, it, that's his thing. It reminds me of, um, remember that Nip Tuck episode when Christian's like watching porn when Julia comes over? Uh, and like, he, I think it's when he got the porn basket or something along those lines. And it's like, I, I, and he says, like, oh, I came, I cried or something like that. You know, <laughs> like, oh, God, Nip Tuck references. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the purple work bags, that's funny. Uh, the, the shopping bags, I should say. And those fantasy football things, like when I lived in, in Canada, you would have those. They they had like just for hockey and, and baseball and, and football and just all these kind of things, like you would get it ready to go. And I think even in Australia, they've started to do that with the fantasy football sort of like, here's your magazine to tell you what to do. So do you do, you do fantasy rugby in New Zealand or fantasy cricket? No, nah, not really. I think it's um, it hasn't quite reached us here. I think we're just still in the kind of betting market type of thing. Seems to be the seems to be the big thing here. But uh, I think there's kind of like you know predict the score type things seem to be seem to be quite popular. I like when tipping. It comes to tipping was I, I never really got into, like the fantasy. Like I kind of did like during the World Cup. I'll kind of get on board the fantasy train. I think that's a bit of fun to do that. But um, I I like the tipping. Like the big thing for here growing up with the AFL is literally footy tips. You know like pick who's going to win and then you have the weekly game of guess the points margin and then you win money if you do yeah. well enough on it so um that's kind of what i'm into but uh, i don't know I, I just feel like i'm not invested enough to to know about fantasy I, the formula one ones i've done a few times and done okay in them but uh yeah I, i'm not that into that but um it's still fun to see that hank draft up for another two months <laughs> Jerk. It's um, I, I I do wonder if there was like somebody whose job it was on the show to just go out and buy purple things. Like that was yeah. their only job was like go and find purple cause consultant because like getting ahead getting ahead of ourselves. There's an episode uh, um in a, in a few few episodes time where um Walt's using you know is at their house for dinner and there's and he opens a bottle of wine and I was like purple wine wine bottle opener you know like everything is purple. Um, it would just be like. I suppose it makes it easy if you're buying, you know, like if you have to do Christmas shopping for Marie, like yeah. just buy something purple. So, but it works like it works that way when you know somebody who, um, like likes something certain. Like it's all of a sudden like they like dolphins. You always buy them something with a dolphin on it. Like yeah. my grandma like loves the color green, so it's kind of like you know that if you buy her something, it's gonna be green. So like yeah. it, it actually does because like some people are just so hard to buy for, right? So it's just like cool, something purple that works. Yeah, I'll do yeah. it that way. Yep. Um, right, so we kind of we kind of move on, and um, we're into um, Walt and Jesse at the end of the day, and and um, you know Walt's still going on about the cameras, and he's grumpy about the cameras, and and, and all that kind of stuff, and and Jesse's kind of just like, oh, do you want to come like go karting with me? Um, he's not really that bothered by the cameras, you know, which is which is really interesting. I think that's going to be a, you know kind of the storyline for Jesse on this episode that like there's these kind of crazy things happening around him, which you know a little while ago would have been a massive deal for him, but at the moment he just doesn't really care you know it's just he's just anything to kind of just 
not have to deal with the reality of what has happened to him. He just doesn't want to think about them. And yeah, kind of invo- invites Walt to go and do some um, go-karting with him. And Walt says, no, he's, he's not interested in doing that. But then kind of Walt quickly kind of goes to the, like, oh, are, you, are you okay though? And, and, and Jesse doesn't want to talk about it. You know, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to process it through talking. Um, and, and yeah, and, and then Jesse kind of like just says to him, well, have, could, could ask the same of you because of the black eye, you know? So it's quite interesting that these two guys are, are not really interested in, you know, in, in having a, a proper conversation when there's actual real stuff going on. They're kind of just, you know, they're avoiding it really. So, so yeah, I think it's just a nice little setup scene here. Um, you know, just to, these two guys have got stuff going on that they're just not prepared to talk to each other about at this point. Yeah, no, I, and going back to my point just with Aaron Paul, like there's just something about him in this episode, which is so goddamn good. And just, he does this kind of like non-caring style so well. And I just kind of like this, just Jesse just going, you want to go go-karting? Like, you yeah. know, kind of just like, sure. And I just want to say this right now. Yeah, Jesse, I want to go go-karting. I yeah, love go-karting. Yeah. Uh, it's been Who a while since go- Who wouldn't want to go go-karting with Aaron Paul? Oh, could you just, like, like the guy was in need for speed for starters. So, like, guy knows how to drive. <laughs> but, like, I mean, seriously, like, if you were, you know those questions, like, who would you invite over for, you know, three people you'd have dinner with and that sort of stuff? Screw that. Like, who would you go go-karting with? Aaron Paul? Like, come on. And Brian Cranston, that would be a fun time. Like, I'm sure Brian Cranston would actually be into the, the go-karting. But, um, yeah, and it's just kind of, it comes into this level just with Jesse again, sort of this non-caring aspect of it. And kind of clearly he just he just doesn't want to be alone. You know, he's, yeah. he's dealing with this in his own way. And we're going to see his house very, very soon and how kind of squalor that's gone to it. But, yeah, even like, as you said, just the non-caring about the cameras. Because he has that line, doesn't he, when he goes, oh, you've always suspected that they're they've bugged us so kind of this is this is proof so he's kind of just like yeah like i don't care so um and that's kind of this whole season isn't it jesse's kind of just doesn't care and goes along with the flow and walt gets more paranoid and more paranoid as kind of things goes along with it so um yeah and also i just i feel like i haven't commented on jesse's fashion in a while like gone are the oversized hoodies and and the weird sort of you know mm. t-shirts he's kind of he's gone a bit up market now he's kind of got like a nice sort of uh jacket with the jeans and i'm just looking at it now like i like his red shirt that he's got going so um i don't know if that's aaron paul consulting with the fashion saying like bitch please give me some better clothes or the thing in jesse's developing as a character I think it's a good point. It's not something I'd actually picked up on before, but yeah, there has been like a real change in in his fashion, and I think it probably speaks a bit to the the kind of the um, maturation, I guess, of of Jesse as a character. He's kind of moved to the next step, and we're going to see a physical transformation in him as well um, in this episode in another way, which we'll kind of get to. But um, yeah, I think it's it is really interesting to look at that. Um, we then kind of move to this this next scene, and it's um, at. Um, is it, is it, we're at Walt's apartment here, right? Oh, Walt's uh, apartment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I like when I watch this, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's where we are, but I just got a little bit confused. But, um, but yeah, anyway, um, and so basically, this is when I we're, we're Skylar's there and and um, Saul's there, and we're talking through the whole thing about the money laundering thing. And Saul's really stuck on this idea of the nail salon. You know, we've <laughs> been been down this road before, but he's kind of not not giving up on it. Um, and you know, like um, Skylar's just insists on this car wash. You know, and and I actually think she's right you know like it is one of those things of like could just go for the nail salon but no you know nobody there 
they're much less likely to ask questions about this this car wash. So, look, I think she's right, and she's right to stick to her guns in the scene, which is which is really really good. But you now Saul's really struggling with it. He can't really understand what her big thing is about this, and and um, you know into this wanders um, a, a new character, the first introduction of our new character. No, second introduction. Sorry, because he was in the last episode. But uh, here he comes, introduced to these guys. It's Hugh, um, <laughs> and and here he comes, and he needs to use the bathroom, and, and he's seen kind of like wander through. Um, and yeah, I think like just all make some comment about like, oh, I'm a professional, I know what I'm doing, and then like yeah. this guy kind of wanders in. It's like, yeah, it, it, it's great. I eh? like, I just, I, I love Hill, such a great character. I, I, I just love the way it's played. Like, Saul's not in it much, but like he's just so good in the way he's kind of explaining this. And yeah, you're right. Like the whole, I'm a professional, blah blah. blah and you get the knock on the door, and I just love this little banter he's got at the door. Like, are you kidding me? Like, can you hold it? Like, it's like, oh. Yeah. Hugh wants to know if he can use your bathroom. It's like, who's Hugh? Walt Zook is like, sure, top of the stairs, first door on the right. And just looked at like Hugh keeps it. And what does Saul say? Like, oh, it's a stomach problem or something along those lines. But, um, yeah, like, you're right. Like, I, I, I agree with you. Skylar is 100% right. Um, and just... Again, just my love for Skylar, just her meticulous detail that we're going to get with everything that she's going to do in this episode. And I kind of love her back and forth with Sol here about, you know, oh, an accident needs to happen or something along those lines. But again, just I I, I wish we had, because I, I, I know we sort of do get a fair bit of Skylar and Sol stuff, but I don't know, just I love the Skylar and Sol like up, up, upping each other because, you know, like kind of just Skylar's got a bit of soul about her. You know, she's kind of got that. Sort of, of, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to see that in this episode, right? But, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's that would have been a great, like, buddy cop show or something, wouldn't yeah. it? Skylar and Saul. But, yeah, and and, and and obviously kind of like what we what we get into here is that um, she says he just needs the kind of effective motivator for, for Bogdan, you know, to sell, which I think is like, you know, Bob Odenkirk's so funny here too. Like, he just like really, really kind of sells the, the kind of um, – incredulity or whatever you might say about um about you know like like he just can't really get his head around this you know of like you know like why is she so kind of sold on this thing but um and and yeah and 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 the way that she actually gets it is not by kind of like an arguing match with Saul it's actually by manipulating Walt and she kind of talks about you know the fact that she went and talked to him and, and you know, some line about what wasn't man enough to face up himself. And that kind of gets Walt on board. And from that point onwards, it's a done deal, right? Like once Walt's in on this thing and, and insisting that, you know, he's not going to be, you know, kind of belittled by this guy. Well, it's, it's kind of game over at that point, you know, like um, she's got her way. And, and, you know, to speak to your point, yeah, she's starting to get really good at kind of manipulating the, the situation herself. And I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things where, when you can kind of relate to a character in some weird way, I think you appreciate them more. And I, I kind of relate to Skylar in the fact that once she's set her mind to something, like she's kind of, okay, this car wash is going to happen and I'm going to make this work and I'm going to write notes and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Like I can relate to that. Like once I set myself to certain things like not buying a car wash, but certain things like I get addicted to podcasting, you know, eventually I'll get it right one day. But it's it's kind of I, I, I can respect that and I connect with that. So I think that's kind of why I really like sort of just Skylar just going over the board and almost obsessive with kind of this idea, which uh, I mean, and maybe even into next week, kind of just, again, I'm jumping the gun here, but I love the whole like story around the gambling stuff that we're going to get next week. Yeah. It's so good. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like, you know, because of that meticulous nature that she's got. And, and you know, like, I guess probably that whole thing of like, you know, actually like her background is, is, as a finance person right like mm. that's her that's a kind of and like she like she has this whole thing about like if we're going to do this it needs to be believable um and you know that that's going to run her up into you know we're going to get into some kind of conflict with walt as a result of that which is going to be really interesting to talk through but you know kind of she sees the reality of this a whole lot more than these two guys do so yeah i, I just think this is a, a, a great i know i say it a lot but it is another just a good setup scene it's it's a really enjoyable scene to kind of watch um that kind of sets us up for some of the fun we're going to get later on. Yeah, no, I, I completely, completely agree. Right, so we move on to um, open house number two. Um, and so Marie is, um, and she's admiring this kind of, what are they, like a set of teaspoons? Um, like a little... Which is basically like yeah. one for each state, right? So there's like 50, 50 teaspoons. So teaspoon collecting is a weird thing, eh? Like it's, um, it feels like a very kind of colonial thing, I always thought, you know, like it's... A, it's yeah. Um, but maybe not, maybe things- Americans like it too. Well, I don't know. Like, it's kind of one of those whenever you go to a tourist place, right? They've generally yeah. got your substandard. There's a tea towel. There's a snow globe. There's it, like, you know. And I remember back in the days when I was with Louise, like, it was always a joke whenever we'd go somewhere, we'd buy her dad a snow globe because I think yeah. it started and somehow the joke just kept going. So he had a whole shelf of snow globes from random places. I, I If I go to a place, generally what I buy is a magnet and a pen. That's kind of my two things. And some people get the spoons. But uh, I, my, my boss in Canada randomly i think for a gift he always liked to give gifts which was strange hence the simpsons flag behind me um but he gave me spoon like once he's like oh i went to a thrift store and i found this australian spoon so i bought it for you i'm like cool thanks um appreciate it but i mean i like the idea of like collecting things from states like i don't know if i would ever collect spoons though yeah it's it's I, I do yeah i agree kind of like the whole thing of like collecting things is, i'm i'm a collector whether i kind of want to want to accept that i am or not um you know end up collecting shit that i can't seem to uh to to give up but you, anyway. here's, a, here's a question for you um I, i'm with you i like the collecting we've talked about this before and certain things like which is more of a list in a collection right like i i track the fact that I've been to what? I think 28 states in the US. I've got 22 to go. I've been to every state and territory in Australia except for the Northern Territory. Like, these are bucket listy, collecty things that I want to do. Do you do that in New Zealand with your provinces? And if so, can you tell me how many of your provinces you've been to? No, nah, not really provinces, but like I've, I've been to basically every part of New Zealand except one. Like, you know, like it just I've, I've been to quite a lot of the country. But no, nah, I mean... We don't really separate ourselves out like that, really, to a degree. Like, I guess there's like there is kind of like, um, like I guess it, like territory, not territories, but you know, like we've got regions and things. Which, like oh, that. yeah, I'm calling them provinces. I know, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I know that. Which, which always baffled me about your country that why you don't officially classify it like how we have states right like i mean it, it always to me like living in southland was different to when i would visit you in waikato like they're very distinct different regions so why don't you have states or define them as provinces and have you know like a provincial leader or something like that it kind of seems weird to me that you don't do that yeah i mean you know i guess beyond having like a mayor or whatever like that's that's about as far as we go um so yeah that that's that's the extremes of it i guess um, where's the one place you haven't been 
in New Zealand? Um, kind of like the west coast of the South Island um, is, is probably there. And, and Stewart Island, I suppose, are the two that I haven't been to. Um, I saw Stewart but, Island plenty of times. I never went there. I'm like, oh, there it is. Like, <laughs> I never, never yeah. made it across. <laughs> yeah. I think unless you're into, like, nature and stuff, there's probably not a lot of reason to go like it is. Well, the boat trip and the plane ride are apparently torture, and I hate boats. And I don't know if I want to get in a tiny little plane. So uh, yeah. the people I knew that went there said that they had never had like a smooth journey across. So I'm like, well, yeah. that doesn't sound appealing to me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It's not a seller, eh? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we we're uh, we're at the open home. The second one, I think this is the astronaut one, isn't it? Where she's the yeah. um like the peace court. Kid, don't have kids and and yada yada yada. And, and but you know, like I guess the whole thing is that there's a um you know, quite a focus on those teaspoons because obviously that's what she swipes. And, and we kind of, at the end of it, we kind of see that the um, the real estate agent notices that one of those 50 spoons is missing. Um, but you kind of get the impression from kind of watching this real estate agent that she's kind of on to Marie, that she knows this is like, Marie's kind of just like jabbering here. Like, yeah. it's just like, she's talking too much um, and kind of giving the game away a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, you can, you kind of see the, you see the writing on the wall, really. Um, and, and, Don't say and those the, words, Nick. They're just, just bad memories of bad James Bond songs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that is a bad James and Bond And on that song. note, listen to 007. There's our segue of the week. <laughs> that's, a, that's the that's the octopus porn one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the, the title yeah. sequence is great. It's just we don't really want to hear Sam Smith. How do I live? How do I breathe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Terrible song. Yeah. Yeah, um, we get a little little cuts in here of, of Jesse kind of uh, on the the kind of go kart and kind of you know it's kind of this kind of cool cutting backwards and forwards of him like on it and then like screaming on it and it, like that's kind of like a thing apparently like scream therapy. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Which, which I yeah, didn't really speaking know. from experience, Nick, it helps. Can I just say that? Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> delve okay. into my mind. I I've done it and it works. It does right. work. Okay, I'm, it's not something I've needed to do, but uh, anyway, we uh, then we kind of follow Jesse back to his place, and you know the party the parties become like super violent, and there's kind of like kind of like rough sex going on with like people like scratching each other's backs, and then just like people fighting, and like and like the house has just become like a complete you know like pigsty basically and people are just like bumping into each other and he kind of just like sits down and just like watches it like he just he's not bothered by it he just kind of sits there and yeah it's, it's just good. like people are kind of like like doing all sorts of weird stuff you know and he just doesn't just like has a smoke and just kind of sits here and watches i think one of the things that's quite interesting about these scenes of jesse is that i think it's implied that he's still definitely using drugs but you definitely don't see it as much um which i think is quite interesting um but yeah it, I, I just think it, it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's a very good insight as to what's going on in, in Jesse's mind during this particular part of the show. I watched on YouTube, there was like a 10-minute, I, I guess they released them when the episodes aired. It was kind of almost like an official 10-minute Breaking Bad podcast kind of talking about the episode. Like Vince Gilligan was on it, Brian Cranston was on it, the, the writers and the music people and all that kind of stuff. And they were sort of talking about how like this was kind of, yeah, opening up a part of Jesse which kind of hadn't existed in a while and kind of a lot of it's told through the music and sort of they were explaining about how, um, you know, musically he'd sort of been a bit diverse recently because, you know, of Jane and kind of things that were happening in his life. But now this is kind of just opening that door back into his life. And one thing I, I love is this song that they play here sort of through the the, the go-karting um, scene and into this sort of party scene, If I Had a Heart by Fever Ray and... Uh, I'm a big fan. Fever Ray is part of a sort of a dance duo called The Knife. 
uh, really good music. And I, I didn't actually realize um, that that was who that was until I sort of read about this and watched that little episode. But um, apparently, too, this wasn't planned as kind of like a montage. They didn't sort of expect this to kind of turn into almost like a montage with Jesse. But, I, oh, God, I, if, if I had to just pick a scene of this episode that maybe is my favorite, I just love this Jesse scene of him just doing laps upon laps and screaming and just the look in his eyes. Like it just looks like he hasn't slept in about a week and been crying and screaming. And then just as he shows back up and yeah, like these things just turn into sort of like a squalor rave that you would find like at a dungy old basement in the back streets of Hamilton or something like that. Like, you know, I mean, this is what I think, you know, your nightclubs generally look like in New Zealand, but um, it's <laughs> like, right, like you got just animals having sex. Basically you got everybody off their tits and him just kind of, enjoying it basically but um and and the marie stuff too i'll say um again enjoying it i just kind of like this spoon thing and i mean she's kind of a bit unhinged when she's stealing something that is going to be that obvious really isn't it like the little figurine that she stole before maybe you could get away with it but um you know when it's kind of that obvious with it too but i mean god like aaron paul amazing betsy brandt amazing just uh I, i just love these scenes they're so good yeah, and I think it's one of those episodes where the two characters who are often, I mean, Jesse to a degree, but definitely not Maria, you know, not usually kind of centre stage all that much. And so yeah. it's good to kind of kind They're of pretty much this. the stars of this episode, aren't they? Like, I mean, yeah, the, the Walt totally. and Skyler stuff is fantastic. Don't get me yeah. wrong. and like, But, like, if you were to say who are the stars of this episode, it's definitely Betsy Bratton, Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of get onto this third open home. And one of the notes I actually wrote when I was kind of watching this episode in real time was like, oh, this is getting a bit old. Like, I'm getting a bit sick of these open homes. But I kind of almost immediately scratched that out because of what we get throughout this, this you know, the scene, you know, like I think it is really, really good. Um, so kind of got this third one. And um, and now she, yeah, this is the one where she's the wife of the artist or, or whatever it is. Um, and, um, you know like the thing is like as she's talking to the couple that kind of owns the home basically and then um she kind of turns around and sees that the real estate agent is the same one that she dealt with last time and so this real estate agent's onto her and they kind of have this confrontation outside where he kind of like grabs the bag and and kind of like the spoon falls out of the bag and um and you know then basically she gets the the, you know calls the cops and and she's kind of going on about oh you know like i don't you know my husband's in the dea or whatever it is i think she you know like kind of tries to use her connections here but it's all a bit of a failure and you kind of see people outside like this real scene's been caused so yeah she's obviously you know she's gonna get arrested for this which is which is great and and then it kind of moves into you know like this follows up what we don't see the end of the scene but what we do see is is hank getting a call at home um and you know this is a great scene you know where kind of hank is is um reacting to this phone call that he gets from marie um and you know like just really really good and i kind of like there's a great little um kind of passage in this book that i've got the kind of breaking bad 101 where it kind of talks about you know it says the best scene of the story doesn't feature Betsy Brand at all. It's rather Dean Norris doing the acting for both of them, which is Hank's manner changing abruptly from the indignant, are you seriously doing this to me again, to the more tender, will you stop crying? Norris's face shows exactly what Hank has heard between these two sentences to make him change his expression, rendering the actual dialogue almost unnecessary. I think it's just like such a good way of describing it, you know, that yeah, he kind sure. of just absolutely nails 
you know what he, we know what he's heard you know like we don't know the exact words obviously but we know the, the we know exactly what the content is because of of the way he reacts and it is, it is just so incredible like i just i absolutely love this scene um you know we you know she's she's basically having to call her husband from from prison you know like, I think it's just it's just awesome yeah, I agree, and I just even like the way it's sort of this super close up on his face, right? It's just kind of it's yeah. all about the the facial expression, and it, it, isn't it kind of strange how you feel so sorry and helpless for Marie when I mean she's not doing the right thing. <laughs> I mean she's breaking into well, not breaking into houses, but stealing stuff, and kind of you just just the whole sequence when she sort of gets caught out and that, that photo frame smashes on the ground and just everything along those lines, you just feel helpless and so sorry for her. But even um, the scene when she's sitting in the police station and just kind mm. of breaks down, like it's just, wow, it's, yeah, it's incredibly powerful. As, as yeah, I agree with you. That book sums it up perfectly, kind of what you see Hank and sort of that look on his face. So, yeah. kind of, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a rude thing to say about any any actor or anything, but, like, it's, I always quite love when, you know, like, and, and that scene with Marie where she does break down is, like, it's really good because she's kind of holding it together and she just doesn't want to kind of make eye contact. And then he kind of, you know, like the cop kind of says something to her and she kind of just like completely breaks down and has this kind of ugly crying moment, you know? And I, I love it when actors are prepared to do that, to kind of just like There's... have that real kind of ugly crying thing. And I think it's like, it's a real, like it's a real human emotion. I think of like being able to hold it all together until somebody kind of, you know, like almost makes actual contact with you, like physical contact, like puts a hand on your shoulder or whatever it might be. And then you just, lose like all, all your kind of barriers fall away and you can't just you can't put up a, a barrier anymore and I, I think it's just such a human way of reacting which i absolutely love and she just completely breaks down so it is it's a it's a, it's a lovely scene but it's kind of her doing the whole ugly cry thing really really well yeah i agree and it's um i mean it adds just to that realness of it i mean I, it kind of weirdly reminds you of sort of a side tangent but uh, obviously love er and i remember there was a, a storyline around um the carter character and basically he'd been stabbed and he got addicted to painkillers you know as you do and kind of it got to a point where he had to get confronted by dr benton and there was just this scene i remember in the parking lot where you know he's so desperate and so beyond help and basically you know the dr benton's just basically like you're, you're done mate like you, you can't be a doctor anymore like you, you you're gonna get arrested and whatever and i think like car like takes a swing at him and then basically you know he's he's kind of letting him do it and then he just breaks down like no while the actor just does this ugly cry and just kind of just it's that moment of realization where it's like okay i'm i'm beyond gone here i need help and it's there is something endearing about that in, in tv shows and movies where you've got kind of these characters that you love but th- i mean they're they're doing it themselves I'm, I'm not saying that obviously there are reasons why marie is doing this we know that but at the end of the day she's doing something wrong um and we still care for her which is which is a fine line isn't it which, when you look at the sort of what, what walt's gonna do by the end of this show it kind of does cross a path where you almost don't really care for well, you do but like you know what i mean like kind of walt's yeah. become so beyond gone where it's hard to sympathize with him at a certain point whereas marie at this point you're kind of like okay well i feel for her even though she's kind of being a bit naughty 
Yeah, and I think one of the things that I keep saying about the Marie storyline is that it's it's all B plot. Like it's not the main attraction here. Like you know, she is supporting what's going on with with everybody else here. But man, if this is supporting stuff, it's so good. Like she's just the MVP of this episode, and and like I just absolutely love it. It's, it's I can't speak highly enough about it. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, so then we kind of move on to um, another great scene, and um, and we get introduced to is it Kubi or Kubi or whoever you say this is Bill Bill Burr's character Bill Burr. so, yeah, yeah yeah so obviously he's quite well known and I've seen quite a quite a bit of a stand up he's, he's very funny, funny. Yeah, he's funny very guy. funny yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, and basically this is, you know, Skylar's had this great idea and then we kind of follow up and it's basically bogged on at the outside of his, um, the car wash and this guy's been fed lines. Now he's pretending to be like a, you know, like a um, environmental protection officer or whatever he might be. Um, and basically, so, you know, talking about contaminated water laws outside and, and you know, you've got Ky- um, Skylar, Skylar in the car, um, you know, with, I love the kind of, you know, see, see Holly there next to her you know and um kind of just feeding him lines and like he gets stuck there for a moment and, you know bogdan's kind of like what exactly have i done wrong and then he's like um 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 and then he, she quickly comes in with the exact code or law or whatever it is to kind of to kind of bail him out and um you know this is obviously all set up to to can you know what she was talking about earlier about persuading and finding a way to persuade him um to to sell up um and look one thing i will say about this is like this is the fuck you and your eyebrows guy i've had no <laughs> no reason to like him or dislike him in, in either way but this guy like gives some like incredible kind of facial act and you feel really really sorry for this guy like i don't know like i know he's a bit of a dick when it was like the whole 10 million dollars thing but I, I feel sorry for him at this point like he just like this poor guy this is this whole business and and um you know skylar's scamming him out of it in a way it just yeah it makes me a little bit sad yeah, I'm with you. And so I know we kind of talked about him when he was in earlier, but so Marcus Stan, Marius Stan, sorry. And apparently he's like some really intelligent scientist or yeah, physicist, yeah, he's right? Like, he's like a nuclear physicist. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting because like I listened to it. was actually on the on um, the commentary for one of the other episodes. But they're basically saying that this guy, his family, like his wife and kids and stuff or whatever, really, really wanted to be extras on the show. Um, you know, like obviously before it was famous because he was in the first episode. So it was like there was a show being filmed in Albuquerque and they just wanted to be a part of it. And so he basically drove them to the kind of casting call audition mm-hmm. type thing. And um, they were kind of like the casting director said, oh well do you do you want to get a photo of you just just in case type of thing and he's like oh yeah okay and then like apparently vince gilligan was kind of looking through photos for people to you know cast for the for the pilot and he's like that guy is interesting looking i want to use him on the show and they had no idea if he could actually act or not because he'd never actually acted um so it was like just like this kind of weird kind of um you know like confluence of events that led to this guy actually being on the show which is quite interesting i reckon it reminds me, Nick, and we're about 43 minutes into this episode without a reference to Friends, but here it is. But it reminds me of the um, the Gunther storyline, the famous Gunther storyline about how he got the role because basically on was it, whether it was the pilot or the first ever episode they did in Central Perk, they had a whole bunch of extras and they were essentially like, okay, you're all here. We need somebody to be the coffee shop assistant. Who here actually knows how to use a coffee machine? And he was the only one. He put his hand up like, I do. Uh, I worked in a cafe before. I'm like, okay, you, you're, you're this role, and it became a regular role. So um, that was kind of how he got the role of Gunther. So uh, I love those storylines where kind of you know that's it. They kind of stumbled across them and boom. Because I, I, I like him. I like his characters. And for somebody who doesn't act, 
he's pretty good. Like, he's believable. Yeah. I'm with you. That desperation everything. But Bill Burr, like, again, we've talked a lot about how they use comedians on this show, but if people have never seen his stuff, like, look up his interviews on Conan O'Brien. This guy is just hilarious. Like, he's just unfiltered. He doesn't give a shit. Um, and he's just he's just funny. So, again, mm. you would never understand this. If you'd never watched this show and didn't know who he was, like, you would never understand that this guy's a comedian. Uh, mm. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's good. But I, I like this, again, I like Skylar just going out of her way to make this realistic and everything and the whole Bluetooth sequence and everything. So, yeah, no, all good stuff. Yeah, um, and I was just going to say about Bill Burr. Like I've obviously seen um, quite a bit of his his stand up, and he's you know he's a funny guy, and he he's been in a lot of stuff. But you know, like as you as you rightly say, he's a, a good actor as well. Um, and like I was just going to say, is he the guy that's in King of Staten Island? He is. Um, so he's in he's in that. I just quickly did an IMDb search because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's him. So that was one of those movies that was like came out you know just after the whole big COVID-19 lockdown in 2020, it was like one of the first ones back in cinemas. And it's kind of a bit of an indie movie. It's a Judd Apatow movie. Um, so, but like, I just flicked it on because there was nothing else to watch on a particular day and watch. And it's like, there's Bill Burr, like on that, on that. And he's really good in that. And he's not really, that's not a comedic role either. Like it's just him just being a good actor. And so like, he's definitely a great actor as well as being a, you know, being a great comedian too. GTA so. voice as well. He was, uh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Jason, yeah. I remember that character actually in the yeah. lost and the damn. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm looking at his filmography and I've seen date night. Um, <laughs> so, uh, daddy's home. Look at me seeing all the esteemed, uh, high class movies there. But uh, was, <laughs> Oh, the Mandalorian. He was, um, yeah, he was, yeah. The guy in the prison escape one that everyone hates, and then he came back in season two. Um, oh, what's he? Yeah. Anyway, I remember him. I like that yeah. episode. Everyone hated that prison escape episode in season one. I like that episode. I can't. I can't really remember it. I remember season two a whole lot more. But anyway, moving on. Um, you remember him as soon as as soon as you as soon as you like you would remember him as that character. Right. He was a pretty prominent character. And um and obviously like him and Huel are going to be you know teamed up quite a lot as the show goes forward. So that's definitely something to to look forward to as we move forwards. But uh, we kind of move back and, and we're into uh, you know we've got we've got Marie's back at home now and we kind of get this kind of pensive look of her in the kitchen, which is you know just her kind of contemplating what's happened to her and and then kind of have to switch on to to kind of help help what uh, help Hank who's uh, watching the bowling. Um, <laughs> So he's gone Very from entertaining. Porn to bowling. Yeah. Very entertaining this episode. Yeah. Porn to bowling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's into he's into things with big balls by the sound of things, regardless of what it is. So, um, good, but- good job there. Nick. Well done. <laughs> I'm here all week. Um and so anyway, uh, this is where Detective Tim comes around. I don't think we name this guy very often, but he has been on a few episodes, obviously. He was the, you know, when uh, Walt went missing, he was the cop that turned up to, you know, help Skylar out then. And here he is now, and he's got a murder case that he wants um, wants um, Hank's help with, obviously, um, because it's, you know, there's, there's drug stuff involved. And, and obviously, we find out this is Gail's murder um, that he's following up on, and um he kind of wants this this kind of help off the books. He doesn't want it to become a DEA issue. He but he he kind of figures there there might be some involvement here, and so he just like Hank to almost do it as a consultancy type job, um, and kind of gives him the the infamous notebook, which we've obviously seen the the lab notes book that we've seen a few times, and you know he's got to run a copy of it off, and and kind of Hank's pretty reluctant, doesn't really want to get involved, but uh, you know Tim kind of insists and says, I'll just leave it here for you to look at, and. You know that's kind of where we leave the scene, um, and yeah, I, I, 
I think that that's just a really a, a great little setup, which, which we're obviously going to link back to at the end of this episode and then into into future episodes. I do like it when he shows up. What does Hank say to him? Something about like, oh, what did you do, rob a bank this time or something like that? <laughs> like just kind of, you know, just always passing it off with like the humour in that. But um, yeah. one thing that they said on the, that podcasting that I watched, which, which really I think was a great explanation, is this guy who plays the, the detective, it's sort of, he, he just feels like a cop, like sort of I yeah. think the writer was saying about how, you know, if you get a guy or a girl in for a show and they're going to play a cop for one episode, they kind of play it a certain way, like, oh, I'm bravado, I'm a cop, I'm on TV, right? They're going to play it a certain way. Whereas this guy, he just plays it like this is just a standard day for him. This isn't mm. anything special. It's just it's just a Tuesday. Here mm. he is rocking up. Um, And I think I, I really do get that. But I'm glad we kind of are back to Hank sort of investigating kind of what this is going to lead to. So, um, yeah, I, I like this guy. I think he kind of just yeah. just fits the role, and um, yeah, yeah. and you forget. I think you forget, like with Hank, that he's a DEA agent, right? So like, kind of when they've got the the APD people, it's sort of they're different parts of the law enforcement. So you kind of you need to see them working together, right? And it's a change. Like usually, whenever you've got sort of these shows, like the cops hate the DA or the FBI, or the FBI hate the cops. Like they're always against it. So it's kind of good to see them sort of yeah working together. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we kind of move into um, this next this next scene, which is kind of Skylar and, and Walt kind of basically just waiting for a call that you know they've kind of set Bogdan off uh, up so that he's going to call them and, and you know offer to sell after all. And and um, you know like it's it, it's just this kind of great scene really where um, you know we're kind of we're kind of waiting for the call to come in, waiting for the call to come in, and, and then eventually, obviously, it, it does. Um, and you know, like immediately, kind of, he kind of says, "Oh, I'm willing to sell at the at the price we discussed." So, what was it, eight hundred and seventy nine thousand? I think it was. And yeah. and Skyler kind of refuses. Um, and you know, like well, I think whatever it was, and, and says what well, half the price now. You know, like um, because you messed me around, type of thing. And and you know, this kind of like just infuriates. Well, we just can't really understand why she would do that. And and she's confident and he'll ring back he'll ring back he'll ring back and then eventually he obviously does and uh they do a deal um so here we go that the the um the car wash sale is on and it's certainly not for 10 million that's for sure so i think it's just yeah kind of great little scene um probably just yeah kind of kind of stop there and, and give you a chance to have any thoughts i think it's just a, a nice little scene that kind of shows um skylar's ability to kind of get what she wants when she needs to as well yeah, no, nothing a whole lot to add, but I just, I, I just love um, Anna Gunn's acting the way, like there's that bit where the phone's ringing, she's kind of got a hand hovering over the phone, like, oh, do I pick it up? No, no, do I pick it up? Like, and kind of just like teasing him a little bit and kind of toying with it, like, yeah. don't answer it on the first ring, do this, do that, and it's smart, like it makes sense, because I think, I think she only gets him down to like 800,000, I think, but as she kind of explains- oh, I thought she's it was half, sorry. Was it? I mean, it could be. Like, I, I thought. No, I thought no, I think you're. Right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like the way, like, as we're going to get sort of at the end too with the champagne, like how you know this fits our story. Like, you know, it's a bit. You know, if all of a sudden we're just like, hey, we're going to accept the first offer. Like, no, we're we're struggling. You know, whatever. Mm. We're going to fit in with this story. So, um, I kind of like how they sort of they go for that page as well. And I also love the way she answers the phone. And she's just like, hello. I like just so yeah. like kind of calm and everything along those lines it's yeah, nonchalant really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, no it is good and, and yeah i i love that we kind of you know we, we kind of really digging into who this guy you know who she is and and yeah like i just i just really enjoyed it, it it's it's a lot of fun um then we kind of move back to jesse we're at his house and and he's kind of like what balling up like what <laughs> 
notes um and yeah. basically like th- throwing them at this like this big fat guy who's got no pants on basically he's like asleep and he's like throwing money at him that's me is on a like friday this- <laughs> <laughs> it's me every day um but but yeah and is there like some guys like just like randomly just like muttering as well yeah, it's like this, yeah this guy's really pretty uh, i'll talk about him in a moment but i know this guy well not personally but i know this guy's been in a few things so yeah, yeah and 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 um yeah and then obviously like jesse's just bored at this point and kind of just wants to keep things moving and and um you know and and this is where um he kind of like throws a whole pile of money up just to kind of make a bit of a lolly scramble for for money which is yeah i i think is is, is a cool cool little scene kind of just shows that jesse's bored and he you know just wants to escape reality at all costs really and we see what's his face watching the house too don't we um Yes, sorry, we do. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yes, Tyrus. Yeah, yeah. He's sitting sitting outside watching. It's it's quite interesting what they decide to do in terms of the the kind of um, the the Jesse storyline in terms of where they decide to take that. So yeah, it's a nice little cap there too. That yes, he has been he's been watched by Tyrus outside, of course. Too. I I do. I just like. I mean, imagine this guy, like whoever it is, fat guy on ground in tidy whities with money in his mouth. Like, and I love it when like Jesse gets it in his mouth and he's like, yes. Bitch. Yeah. Like, it's like um of- well like, I kind of think like these days that there seems to be a bit of a you know the kind of TikTok trend is these people who mm. do these kind of trick shots and stuff. Yeah. Like this is a, you know, Jesse was ahead of his time here. He was, look at him go. But um this yeah, this guy who's kind of just like just muttering and keep going on and on and on and on. Jeremy Howard is his name. And I, I as soon as I started, I'm like, I know this guy. This guy's definitely in something. And I looked him up. He was in Galaxy Quest and Men in Black 2. Oh, and I'm like, really? ah, him. Yes, because he's, he's kind of got like one of those unique faces. The guy that was the um the cop in um Better Call Saul, like the, the skinny-looking dude. Um, he's like obviously just got one of those faces. This guy's got one of those faces as well. And you look at his filmography, like he was in um, Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Judging Amy, a show I used to watch many years ago. Um, yeah, just just random things. But I actually remember him in Galaxy Quest in Men in Black, so I think that's kind of where I know him from. But he's great. I love him just kind of like rambling on and on and on. And he's in next week too, isn't he, uh, from memory? So, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of in, in two episodes. But um, again, just like I just like this kind of setting of Jesse's house and Jesse just like just so bored and just whatever and like wouldn't it be great to just have money and just throw it into somebody's mouth you know <laughs> why not yeah well I think it just kind of speaks then we're going to get more of this next week with the Jesse story about that you know he's got all this money but it's not you know it hasn't been worth it it's not worth the cost of what he's had to do and that's obviously going to be a big part of, of Jesse's story moving forwards but yeah I kind of love what they do with Jesse moving forwards here so this is just a great setup for that so yeah really really good um, and as you say Tyrus is outside watching so we're kind of getting that that set up but we kind of moved back to, to kind of finish the episode really we've got kind of Walt and Skylar celebrating the purchase of the the car wash and they've got is that the Winston Churchill wine yeah. um you know the champagne and and Skyler's kind of mad that he spent this much on you know then she's really insistent you know that we've got to uh you know we, we've got to make sure we maintain the front and I, it's quite an interesting thing because you know Walt's always been doing this you know quote unquote for his family and you see him kind of getting grumpy that he can't spend any of his ill-gotten gains at all you know like he's got to maintain this front that you know, he can't afford this lifestyle and I, I, it's just really interesting to me you know um and you know so so Walt gets really angry about this but um yeah it ends up with them kind of you know basically they'll have to destroy the evidence by drinking it so yeah it's it, it's quite an interesting finish to it but but yeah I, I I do think that kind of just shows 
the reckless nature of, of Walt, which we're going to see more and more of as the show moves forwards, whereas, you know, Skylar's a lot more kind of clear and, and, and I wouldn't say calculating, but she's careful. She understands what needs to be done in order for this to be to be a success long term. So, yeah, it kind of feels like it really fits these two characters, this, this scene. Have you have you ever spent three hundred and twenty dollars on a bottle of alcohol before, Nick? No, I have not, and I don't See, think I ever will. My champagne days, uh, yes, classy, were buying five dollar bottles of the stuff at the local bottle o to get pissed on a Saturday night with my friends. I used to drink two of them, and uh, would be quite maggoted, and essentially wouldn't have to buy drinks at the bar because we were cheapskates. So <laughs> ten dollar that was your night, and I remember that was back in the. The mid to late two thousands, when our prime minister at the time was all about the alco pops, like these were the kids that they were binge <laughs> drinking. They were buying the vodka cruises, so we're going to up the price. We're going to put an alco pop tax on it to stop the kids from drinking. It's like, dude, like fucking yeah, they, they taste good, but if you're going to make them more expensive, I'll just keep buying the five dollar fucking Trevi, the passion pop. Like it tastes like ass, but you get five sips in, your mouth is numb, so you, you're drunk. You don't care. You drink it. Like <laughs> oh, I think I think I think the 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 lowest level of that is like your crystal vodka with like yes. a we call oh. it raro i think cool whatever it's called it kool-aid or whatever you know like the, yeah the cordial the basically yeah 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 i think that that's the kind of lowest lowest level of that but yes it's oh. um pr- pretty there was gross. a bottle of vodka i bought once and it was like 20 bucks and i'm like oh this is probably too good to be true it was i think i got like five sips <laughs> in and i just started throwing it back up again i'm like this this isn't right ra- this isn't even european this was made in some guy's basement with turps yeah. or something like that like i don't even know what the hell it was but i mean look i <laughs> I, I would love to be fancy enough to say, hey, 320 Like, I don't really drink champagne or wine. It's not my drink of choice. But if I had money, I would go. Like, I'd love to go to a restaurant and you see, like, oh, have the wine list. So oh, that's $500. Sure. Why not? Try it. Like, I'm sure it, I mean, they seem to think it tastes good for the money. I'd, I'd want to hope you're spending that money. It tastes good. So who knows? But I agree. The scene's great. I will say, just on top yeah. of that, the scene's great. I like yeah. it. Again, Skylar's meticulous detail, basically yeah. here. To yeah, yeah, I, and I think it's you know really, really important for the for the show that we're kind of getting the dichotomy between these two characters. So, so yeah, very, very important. And then of kind of just the final little cap of scene is obviously you know um, Hank and Marie, you know, in bed and, and Marie's asleep, and and Hank's kind of just you know, you know like finally drawn to look at this lab notes, and we kind of just finish him with him kind of picking up the lab notes and, and starting to look at them which is obviously a great little no, I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger but it's a nice little kind of um, a grabber for what you're going to get in the next episode so well you know not necessarily the next episode but kind of moving forwards it's you know that Hank's back on the trail as you say so that's exciting I think I think most of us kind of want to see Hank get back into this this thing um, now so yeah I think it's it's exciting to kind of have him back into this so a good way to finish the episode I think which really it kind of just starts off this sort of long run like we don't really get a almost you'd say a resolution to him reading this notebook until the the infamous cliffhanger in the middle of season five right so it's kind of um it's a long stretch i mean i know kind of there's more on that next week but um by him opening this up and reading it it's kind of going to set on on that path but yeah hank on the scene hank investigating that's what we're here for that's what we like and uh yeah it's, it's good to get back to it yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think probably the thing too is like we're kind of at that point now where I think the audience probably still doesn't want Walt 
to get caught you know we're not we're not at the point where you kind of hate walt you know like i think so it sets up some nice tension of like is he going to get caught because hank's now going to be start investigating so i think it kind of just builds a bit of tension into the show when it needs it and you know i think just the the, the producers and the directors of the show understand how to just make sure that the we're just keeping things tight and keeping that tension going um you know at all times it just never really slacks off even in a quote-unquote slightly slower episode so so yeah i, th- I think that's it's, it's a great way to end the episode so yeah i think probably that kind of just moves us into um how we're going to rank this episode um and look I'll, I'll be totally honest like when i finished watching this and kind of popped it into my little you know my my pre my pre-populated kind of like spreadsheet of where this was it was like this was I was really on the fence about this one. So, um, you know, like I'll, I'll leave it in suspense for a little bit longer and, and um, see what you've got to say about it first. Is it going to be a buy, rent or a bin for you and kind of where you, you're putting it in your rankings? Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Just just some breaking sad news quickly. Um, Albuquerque Indoor Karting is where they filmed the karting scene. Sadly, no longer with us. It is permanently no. closed. I'm looking it up here now. So, unfortunately, uh, no, no longer there. Um, yeah, I, I kind of was intrigued myself having watched this and then initially gave it a, a buy, but a, sort of a low buy. Um, but then I think talking this up, talking up and sort of talking it with you is kind of made me like it more and kind of that will be maybe reflected in my ra- my rankings in a second. But um, no, like I, I, I think, yeah, it's sort of a slower episode you could argue. But I mean, whereas last week we kind of, you know, maybe the closest we've been to saying we're actually kind of bored in an episode of Breaking Bad, like, the slower stuff in this isn't boring. Like, there's, there's, like we haven't said one negative thing about this episode, have we? Like, we've kind of said it's it's been good, and even sort of these slower scenes are good. It's very well acted. It's believable, and it's great. Just all the stuff around it. So, yeah, it's a it's a buy for me. And I initially had this ranked as the lowest buy at number th- at number twenty six, but I've bumped it up at least two spots. <laughs> I thought I bumped it up higher than that, but I've got this at twenty four. Um, great show. Listen to our coverage here on the Oz Network. Um, so yeah, I've got it just below four days out and just above no mass, uh, in terms of my rankings. So yeah, I don't know something about talking about it. Enjoyed it. It's, it's not for everyone. I think, cause I'm seeing here on the ring and they've only ranked it at 50th out of 62. So clearly they're not that high on it, but, um, I don't know. I just, just sometimes you just have these things that you like and just kind of, it, it works for you and it's not the greatest episode of all time, but it's definitely not a bad episode in my eyes. So yeah, a, a, a buy for me and 24 out of 37, well, 36 at the moment, I should say, because obviously I'm ranked next week's already. Right. So yeah, I mean, I, I had it as my highest rated rent coming into this discussion, but I was really on the fence about, you know, was there room for movement? Because um, I think for me, it was kind of like the thing I didn't like maybe when I watched it was, is it a bit rep- a bit of repetition between Marie and, and Jesse? Do we see the same things kind of happening over and over again? But my thing is now is like, it's absolutely like each of those scenes builds on the other one. And I think there's some, like this is not one that I think we've gone yeah top five scene here top five scene here that it's not that kind of an episode um but what it is is entertaining a kind of world building um and you know we start to get some resolutions of some stuff because we've been on this kind of money laundering chasing down a, a car wash for a while now so it actually starts to resolve a storyline too which is nice um and yeah i think there's just some great little acting moments here i like that betsy brandt gets her moment here to to kind of be at the center of the action um you know we kind of have a a few kind of bricks put into the into the wall, I suppose, in terms of um, storytelling and getting getting Hank back out doing stuff. So, for all those reasons, I've I've moved it up 
moment to a buy. I've actually moved it up a few places now. So I've kind of got this at um, 28. Um, So I've got it sitting above green light, which was a a kind of um, an episode I liked, but it wasn't, it wasn't a great buy for me. Um, And just sitting below um, Albuquerque, however you say it, um, which was, yeah, one of the, one of the closing episodes from season three. So yeah, so yeah, I, for me, I kind of feel like it's um, probably near the bottom of my buys, but it absolutely is a buy. It's definitely not a rent. So um, that's exciting, like to kind of move one out of out of out of a rent and into a buy as you talk things through is always cool. So yeah, really happy to be able to do that. Um, yeah, and I think things only get better next week. Um, so I just, so before kind of I talk about next week, I just wonder if there's any kind of um, any other trivia that we kind of need to go over. I think kind of we we kind of touched on a few of them um, as as we were kind of going through the episode. And, and yeah, the one you talked about there about the indoor karting, the only other thing that I picked up on that is it was somewhere that the, the cast and crew of often went to, um, you know, as kind of, you know, like an, an outside of filming times, kind of somewhere to go and hang out and do things. So that I wonder if it was a bit of an organic idea to kind of you know have them um film a scene there kind of makes sense to me um yeah and and so you know i think that that's probably the only other one i i think we haven't picked up on um apparently that speech that uh the what's his face gives is something to do with the walking dead he's talking about a walking dead episode you're a walking dead fan so, yeah, I think I yeah. So like for for the listeners' benefit, there's a line in the Breaking Bad wiki that says the junkies monologue, starting from thousands of them all, all over the world coming right for us, is describing a zombie attack. I, I don't know how we know that for sure, but then it says on season four, episode two of The Walking Dead, there is a scene of zombies pushing each other through a chain link fence. I'm not sure how those two things are really connected. Um, this, sound, this sounds like sure. Um, our our survivor wiki days when everybody would be like you know coming up with the weirdest freaking connections between episodes and characters uh so yeah, yeah. Lost lostpedia is even worse than that so yeah uh, that's a, that's yeah. A, it's a bit of a stretch to me i don't quite are they in the same universe it, nick but... haven't we talked about this aren't walking dead and well, breaking bad meant to be in the same universe sort apparently of? apparently I, I don't know if that's ever been fully kind of confirmed and obviously they're they're, they're kind of like the two flagship shows at, the, at this time anyway for um for amc so kind of yeah you can kind of you can kind of theorize that if you want but uh yeah i don't think it's hugely important to kind of confirm that one way or another but yeah i mean in terms of that I, there isn't really too much else um that um that i needed to say and kind of just moves us into bullet points which again i think is another really cool episode it's probably not one that you know immediately springs to mind in people's heads um as being a, a you know fantastic episode but um i i do think it's really really good another good world building episode um and i think kind of the, the whole idea of bullet points you know like which obviously gets referred to um you know that they've got to be prepared and it goes to the stuff we were talking about in this episode around um you know skylar being prepared and, and having a story and all that kind of stuff so yeah i i really enjoyed it. i think it's a, a good episode and, and looking forward to getting into that one as well yeah, I really enjoy it too. I, I like it better than this week's. And yet, according to The Ringer, they, this is nine spots. Oh, this is their fourth worst episode of Breaking Bad, and I'm baffled. Mm. I'm absolutely baffled because I think that it's 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 a great episode. Um, and, I mean, we've already kind of established that there's maybe four guaranteed top five moments of this season, and we've only had one of them. Um yeah, I can think of one next week that could potentially be the fifth. Uh, if you know, we're kind of possibly so. I mean, it's, it's a very famous scene, mm. one that does get played a fair bit. Um, and yeah, like if if this was kind of free range and we could sort of have favorite scenes, 
Uh, the the whole back and forth between Skylar and Walt next week with their script, uh, yeah. I absolutely love. I love it so much. Um, but there's just there's a lot going on next week. Again, it's similar to this week where I can't really say there's much bad about next week. I think it's kind of just it's just fascinating. You said the world building, it's great. Uh, I kind of love badass Jesse standing up to Mike. It's kind of cool and like yeah, there's just some some really good stuff. But yeah, one pretty famous scene next week which. Uh, again, will be interesting to see if that can make the cut on a very stacked potential top five this season. Well, I think one of the things we talked about in, in the last couple of seasons has been that um, one of the things that I think we've hoped for more of has been a bit more consistency of like there's some great episodes and then they might be followed up by one that's really slow, um, yeah. which can be a bit frustrating. And now I think we're finally getting into the point where I would say that, you know, the next three or four episodes we get are of a very consistent quality um, that they've, they've all got some really great scenes in them and some very memorable scenes in them as well. Like we are starting to get into some potential top fives over the next few episodes. Um, but, you know, they're probably still not the ones that everybody's like, yes, I remember that episode. Um, but there's good stuff in all of them. Like, that's the thing. They're, they're all really, really solid episodes. So, yeah, really looking forward to talking them through. And we get a uh, pretty famous karaoke video next week too. Yes, so we do indeed. Your, uh, your pipes ready to go <laughs> for some singing next week potentially. Yeah. No, not me, but you. Feel, feel free. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, until then, um, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, feel free to send us any feedback. We're always happy to hear it. Um, don't forget, there's plenty of other great shows on the Oz Network, and of course, our our sister shows. We talked a little bit as well here about Double Oz Seven. So um, plenty going on. Um, and feel free to like and subscribe in all the usual places that you would. We're always uh, keen to hear from you about what we're doing. Um, but yeah, until next time, um, my name's. And are you seriously doing this to me again? And my name is Ben, and handsome was never the hard part. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.